Then with me uh, to Hebrews, the fifth chapter, Hebrews chapter 5. And um, we'll look at a couple verses there. One of the, as it's kind of having a conversation with the Lord this morning and even again this afternoon because there's so much teaching that's related to the things that we're looking at today. I'm, I'm really, um, I'm really focusing, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, trying to stay disciplined and stay focused on, on the bigger subject. Um, but there's a reason why we're doing what we're doing, and, I, and I'm wanting you to, to see that as well. And so the Holy Spirit's going to help us tonight, amen, draw that, that right balance um, between laying this foundation um, and then moving on to what we really need, I think, to be focused on. So Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12, it says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again, the first principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Now, we're talking um, tonight about growing in the truth of our oneness with God. Growing in the truth of our oneness with God. I've shared this story over and over again throughout the years, and I'll share it again quickly tonight. Um, the truck that I drive is a 2001 model, and, and um, I bought it new when I sold my cabinet business. And um, I was actually wanting a charcoal gray truck, but they didn't have any uh, on the lot, but they had that one. And I remember telling Pam, I said, you know, it must be kind of a rare color. I've, I've never seen one that color, and I, I, it's growing on me. I think I like it. And so I, I bought that maroon truck uh, that's sitting out front. Um, on the way home from the dealership, I think I saw three of those trucks that color. Um, it's because now that I had become aware of it, um, I was seeing them everywhere. And they had always been there. It's just I wasn't noticing them. And... The scriptures and the truth of God is, is, is like that. As the Holy Spirit begins to breathe on certain parts of the, of the Word of God and begins to you know, emphasize, highlight certain parts of the Word of God, next thing you know, it's everywhere you look. It's in the Psalms, it's in the Proverbs, it's in Genesis, it's, it's in the prophets, it's in the teachings of Jesus, it's in the writings of Paul. It's, it's everywhere you look. And, and, and I've been on um, that kind of journey concerning our oneness with God now. Uh, for some time, I have uh, an extensive uh, uh, journal of notes that I'm uh, looking forward to kind of digging into and, and, and sharing uh, with you. Um, but before we go there, I, I just feel like there's some things that we need to talk about um, as it pertains to the truth of God uh, or the knowledge of God in general. And the first thing we see here is that there is some truth that falls into the category of what the Bible calls milk, um, easy to, uh, uh, to, to, to administer, easy to swallow, easy to digest, easy for it to become a part of you. But then there's other truth that also comes from God that falls into the category of meat. It requires more effort to prepare, more effort to serve, more effort to eat, more effort to chew, more effort to swallow, more effort to digest, and more effort to become a part of, of who we are. And one of the 
sad things to me, and I, I'm, I pray about this because if I'm not careful, and I'm just being honest with you tonight, it's, it's one of those things that the enemy can, can use to, to try to drag me down. And, and, and that is that people in general, but also some of our own family of faith here in particular, um, don't really seem to have the fire in their belly that they need to have um, when it comes to, to laying hold of God's truth and God's word and, and, and the meat of God's word um, in, in their lives. Uh, the Bible says that that would be the case in the last days, that uh, people would always be learning but never coming to the knowledge of the truth and that um, people would, would seek out folks who would just tell them basically what they wanted to hear um, as opposed to what God is trying to say to them at, you know, at the point that they're in, uh, in their life and their relationship and walk um, with Him. We looked at several other verses this morning. I'm not going <clears> to <throat> go through all of those, but what we were simply pointing out is that there, according to the Word of God, there are different levels of truth, different degrees of truth. Um, there are different strengths, and there are some truths are stronger than other truths, and that is by design. We even looked at truth that has an earthly example to help us understand it, but then Jesus said there's other truths, and he gave us a lot of those, that there's no earthly example. We looked at truths that unlock understanding to even other truths, and then we said that there's truth, again, that falls into the category of milk, and then stronger truths that fall into the category of meat. We also made the statement this morning, we'll make it again tonight, you cannot grow in the things of God without growing in the truth of God. Um, you can't have one without the other. And um, growing in truth then is like a catalyst for all other growth. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 15 says, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. So it's through speaking the truth in love as a, as a pastor, teacher, that those who are being spoken to are able to receive and understand the truth from our teacher, who is the Holy Spirit ultimately. And it's through that truth being spoken in love that we grow up, not in a few things, not in some things, not in most things, but in all things, in all things, all right? Now, let's go to 2 Peter chapter 1 tonight, if we could, please. Open your Bibles there with me. I want you to see this. And if you, if you don't have this marked in your Bible, you might, you might want to mark this, uh, this passage. Matter of fact, this is one of those areas where you could just open a can of spray highlighter and just kind of spray the whole thing. It's, it's a lot here. Um, we're going to focus on just a couple of verses tonight. And I mentioned at the beginning, you know, a little bit of a, I guess, a struggle for me is because... You know, some of these things out of Hebrews 5 and Ephesians 4 and now 2 Peter 1 are, are some of my more favorite things to teach on, and, and we could spend the rest of our time right here tonight, but I'm, again, I just want to touch on this and then uh, move on to some other things. But 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 2, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, According as His divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Now, um, I did something I don't normally do, and that is I read this out of my notes from the King James Version. It reads just a little bit uh, different from uh, the New King James Version. 
Uh, the New King James Version says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. The King James Version says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. And the reason I put the King James Version in my notes is they're both correct, but in this particular case, I prefer the King James Version because he's talking about what is experienced or what we experience in our lives through the knowledge, through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Let me keep reading. According as His divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who's called us to glory and virtue. Now, if you write notes in the margin of your Bible, write this in the margin of your Bible, capital T, truth, capital F, factor, truth, factor, truth, factor, okay? And what we mean by truth factor is, notice again, he's talking about a mathematical uh, equation here when he used the word multiplied, multiplied. You understand that multiplication is different from addition. Later in this chapter, Paul's going to talk about things being added to you. And things being added to you, that's good, okay? But when things are being multiplied, amen, multiplication means faster growth. Multiplication means faster breakthrough, right? Uh, than just simple addition, okay? So when we talk about grace and peace being multiplied, again, to understand this, let's break it down. Grace means undeserved favor. Grace means undeserved favor. Amen. I've been confessing over the last several days, and I encourage you to do the same, uh, that I am expecting an abundance of undeserved favor today. Amen. I'm expecting an abundance of undeserved favor today. Amen. You say, well, Pastor Mark, why would, why would you say such a thing? The Word of God, the truth of God. Amen. Um, and see, we live in a world where people are expecting things. If, even if things are going well in people's lives, they're waiting for the other shoe to drop. They're, they're waiting for it to turn south again and, and, and turn negative again. So I'm, I'm just expecting an abundance of undeserved favor. Amen. Well, why don't you just tell, tell somebody next to you, just look at somebody next to you and say, hey, I'm, I'm expecting an abundance of undeserved favor. Amen. Well, amen. Now you, amen. I can tell you're excited about that. Praise God. All right. So grace is undeserved favor. And peace... Let me just go ahead and tell you, peace doesn't mean what you think it means here. This word in the original language literally means, are you ready? Health, well-being, prosperity, and every kind of good. Health, well-being, prosperity, and every kind of good. So notice now again, he's saying the undeserved favor of God and God's health, well-being, prosperity, and every kind of good be multiplied in your life by a factor of truth. By a factor of truth. So, let's, let's see if we can do it this way. Who remembers what um, 1,493 times zero is? <laughs> zero, right? Because anything times zero is zero. In other words, it doesn't matter how much you have on one side of a multiplication formula. Um, if you have zero on the other side, it's always going to equal zero. 
So notice now, he's saying that, that God has, according to what God has already given you, what He's already done for you, He has already given to you all things that pertain to life and godliness. Not will give, has given. Not will give, has given. Has given to you all things that pertain to life and godliness. So that would include the undeserved favor. That would include health, well-being, prosperity, and every kind of good. So why are people not experiencing more of God's undeserved favor? Why are people not experiencing more of the health that is theirs? More of the well-being that is theirs? More of the prosperity that is theirs? More of the every kind of good that is theirs? It's because they have a very low truth factor in their lives. In other words, these things are experienced in your life times the amount of the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, which again is truth. He is, Jesus our Lord is truth, right? So His knowledge is truth. That's why it becomes the truth factor. We are not lacking for the things we need. We are lacking the knowledge of the truth concerning what is already ours. Think about that for a moment. If we have been given all things, not some things, not most things, all things that pertain to life and godliness, right? Through the power of of the one who called us to glory and virtue. If we have been given these things, and he says God's undeserved favor, we didn't do anything to deserve that, that's a gift that God has given to us. And it includes wealth, it includes well-being, it includes health, it includes prosperity, it includes every kind of good thing you can imagine or name, and then some. The reason we're walking in so little of that is because we, we don't have the truth or the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord operating in our lives. We're not lacking for what we need, we're lacking the knowledge of the truth concerning what's already ours. So we could basically come to a simple conclusion from this, and that is, it's the knowledge of God's truth that's the missing link. It's not knowing what we need to know that's keeping us from living the way God created and intended for us to live. Now, I want to I venture down this road just a little bit further. If I could, then we'll kind of pull back and, uh, and look into some other things, all right? But let me... As I was meditating on, on this uh, this afternoon, I, I was my thoughts kind of went this way, and and if this seems a little bit extreme, that's okay. I just I think the Holy Spirit's trying to help us see all of this. All right. What if what if they told you on your job tomorrow that? that, you know, management, the owners of your company, whatever, that they would triple your salary. And so triple your salary means multiply it times three. Okay? If you will learn some new information that involves a new skill and, and become proficient in it. Because that's exactly what he's saying here. He's saying grace and peace multiplied according to the knowledge of God. The truth of God that's operating in your life. So again, think about it. If they told you we'll triple your salary, we will multiply it times three. If you'll simply learn some new information that involves a new skill and become proficient 
in, in this information, in this skill. Now, if that was the case, think for a moment then, what kind of priority would you put on learning this new information and this new skill? How many study groups would you attend? How many online courses would you be willing to take? How much extra study would you be willing to devote? How many uh, television hours would you, de you know, de deduct from your daily schedule? Um, and, and then what about, because there's a new skill involved here, what about practicing this new skill? In other words, I'm, I'm trying to show you that if, if this was offered to us, um, we, would, we would become motivated to, to acquire this new information, this new truth, and, and how you know, we can convert that into a new skill to experience measurable, tangible, verifiable increase in our lives. And yet, this is exactly what God is saying to us with, with one uh, difference. He's not just talking about things that money can buy here. He's, he's talking about things that money can't even buy that will be increased in your life by the truth factor, by the truth factor that is uh, operating in your life. Amen? All right, we looked at 1 Timothy 2, 4. I'll just read it again this morning. It says that, that God desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So again, most people look at this verse backwards. They think coming to the knowledge of the truth means getting saved. And where you do, you know, you do have to hear the truth concerning salvation in order to believe and, and have faith activated and, and be saved. There's a whole bunch of folks who were saved that have not yet come to the knowledge of the truth. And for that matter, I've been coming to the knowledge of the truth for many years now, and I'm still on that road, still on that journey. John 8, 31 and 32, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in Him, If you abide in My word, you are My disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. But notice now, this word abide, the King James Version, I think, uses the word continue. Continue in My word. You're my disciples indeed. And it's only through continuing in the Word are we continually coming to, to the knowledge of more and more truth, which is enabling us to walk in more and more freedom. Now, when we say that the truth is what makes you free, that is true, but we need to understand the mechanism behind that. Because if you're born again, you are born again free. You were born free in Christ Jesus. It's kind of like in, in, in Matthew when he said, come to me and I'll give you rest. Learn from me and you will find rest. So when we come to him, he makes us free. But we got to learn from him in order to enjoy that freedom. We come to him, he makes us righteous. But we got to learn of him right in order to walk out that righteousness so again it's it's not just receiving these things you've already been given these things and since you've already been given these things they came as a package deal so it's not that we're lacking what we need it's that we're lacking the knowledge of what we have that's hindering us from walking in the fullness of all of these things now we're finally tonight where I thought we would be about 10 minutes in this morning, but that's okay. 
Let's, um, amen. We've got just a few more minutes. You good? Are you getting anything out of this? All right. Let me give you a, let me give you a statement here uh, to consider, okay? Let me explain the statement first and then I'll make it, all right? What I've ultimately wanted you to see tonight is there are different, there's few words that jump and I, sometimes Paul would say, I speak as a man. I speak as a man. And and what he meant by that is, I'm, I'm trying to get down on your level and put it in a way that you can understand it, but this isn't like gospel, in other words. This is what I want to say. I didn't say it this morning, and I'm not sure I'm supposed to say it right now, but amen, just with this, with this understanding of, of... I'm wanting to say not, not all truth is created equal. Now, all truth is truth if it comes from God. But there are different levels. There are different layers. There, there are different degrees. There are, there are different categories. There are different kinds. Some truth unlocks other truths. Some truth has an earthly example. Some truth has no earthly example. Um, some truth would fall in the category of milk. Other truth would, would be stronger and fall in the category of meat. So when I say it's not all created equal, I, I, don't, I don't mean like some truth comes from another source. If it's truth, God's truth, it comes from God. But there are varying levels, degrees, intensities, so forth and so on, all right? Now, that's what I wanted to take the time this morning and now on into this evening to show you that from Scripture, to make sure you recognize and understand that, leading now to this transitional statement. And that transitional statement is this, the greater the truth, the greater the resistance surrounding it. You've got to recognize this, my brothers and sisters. The greater the truth, the greater the resistance surrounding it. Let me, let me give you an example, all right? Turn with me to Psalm 103. Psalm 103. Psalm 103, it's a beautiful psalm. If you hadn't read it lately, amen. Read it before you go to bed tonight. Praise God. He says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. With an S. Lots of benefits, amen. We are the beneficiary of the new covenant. Who forgives? He's fixing to list the benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities? Amen? Who heals all your diseases? Amen? All right, so look at me for a moment. I don't know of a church in this area, for that matter, I don't know of a church anywhere in the United States of America that doesn't believe, doesn't agree with, forgives all your iniquities. 
But then the second one on the list, who heals all your diseases. What am I trying to show you? We, we just looked at two things that are equally true, but notice the, the forgiveness part we're all in on, healing all the diseases. Man, folks, get, they just go crazy over that, right? They go crazy over that. Let, let, me give you, let me give you another example, okay? You were created to glorify God. I, I, don't, I don't know of, of a church anywhere that I would go that I, that, I'm talking about a Christian church, of course, that, that um, you know, I, I couldn't make that statement in and, and, and everybody in there, you know, at least nod or grunt or say amen or, or what have you. You were created to glorify God. That's truth, right? Is that truth? How about this? You were created to be glorified by God. Oh, see, now we just went to a whole other place right there. You see the difference in that, right? Now, see, one, I think, and if I'm... If I'm misapplying this, just bear with me. I'm speaking in general terms here. One, because it's easily received, easily swallowed. Swallowed means believed. Easily digested. Would fall in the category of milk. You, you were created to glorify God. But now, this next one, let me read the passage to you. And I could read several, but I'm just going to read one. Romans 8 and 30 Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. And we can go on and on, and we will in the days ahead. But it says that the captain of our salvation, being made perfect through his sufferings, has now led many sons to faith. Is that what it says? Led many sons to forgiveness. Is that what it says? Led many sons to uh, in, in, in eternity in heaven one day. Is that what it says? No, it says, has led many sons to glory. To glory. It's interesting to me that the same folks who choke on that statement of truth, one of their favorite verses is, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. They love to tell us that, right? Love to tell us that. But now that our sin problem's been fixed, now that we have been justified, He justified you for the purpose of glorifying you. Do you know there are folks that, that would, and I'm, I'm not exaggerating here, there are people, there have been some here, that this kind of preaching makes them physically ill. Physically ill. All right, so let's do, let's do another one. You were created to give God glory. Again, not sure anywhere I would go or do I know of a church that wouldn't agree with that statement. 
And the Bible says that. It is a statement of truth. But the same Bible that says you were created to give God glory says you were created by God to be given the same glory as Jesus. See, we, we just snatched the bottle out of somebody's mouth and put a bite of T-bone in there. You ever, you ever seen a baby that don't want another bite of food? Push that food back out. That's what a lot of folks do with this. Yet again, I, I'll show you one verse, John 17, 22. Jesus praying to his Father, he says, And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one, just as we are one. See, that's back to growing in our understanding, growing in the truth of our oneness with God. This is a, a, another verse, and there's many, many verses. There's many, many of these maroon Chevrolet pickups in the Scriptures, right? They're everywhere now that your eyes become open to them and you begin to see them. But I'm, I'm just, if I'm, if I'm doing anything with this, as far as just kind of easing us in, into this, continuing to ease us into this, I'm trying to show you that both of these statements, connected, related, both statements are statements of truth, one is easily received and digested. The other is a much stronger statement that people resist and tend to, um, to fight against. All right, so let me go back to it. The greater the truth, the greater the resistance surrounding it. You were created to glorify God. Not a lot of resistance there. You were created to be glorified by God. Lots of resistance there. He, he forgives all my sins. Very little resistance there. He heals all of my diseases. Lots of resistance there. Are, are you seeing this? Remember when Jesus... How about this one? They lowered the, 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 the crippled man down through the roof and Jesus looks at him and says, Your sins be forgiven you. And they went... <gasps> You can't do that. You can't forgive sins. You have no right. You have no authority. You have no power. And Jesus says, so that you will know I do have the right and authority to forgive sins. Now take up your bed and walk. Notice back then, the, the greater resistance was over the forgiveness and the less resistance was over the healing. Now it's flip-flopped, right? The devil realizes that the whole forgiveness thing is, is a losing battle, right? I mean, I, anyway, it's... And part of that, listen to me now, part of that, if, if you like me were raised in a denominational church, it didn't matter if the pastor knew everybody in the church, knew everybody in the church was saved, everybody in the church had been baptized in water, and everybody in the church on that Sunday morning was, was a member of the church, you're going to get a salvation message. That's what we were preached. Am I the only one? That's what we were preached. I mean, that's what we, we were fed a steady diet of that. Now, obviously, we needed to learn some more things, but I'm going to tell you one thing, faith by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. We got that part of this. Can you imagine if, going back 75 years, every sermon in the United States of America that, that salvation was preached, healing was preached right alongside it as being included in a package, the same blood that forgives your sins is the same blood that was shed to heal your body. We'd be the healthiest nation ever lived. You were created 
to give God glory. Again, not a lot of resistance there, but let's go to the greater truth. The greater truth is you were created by God to be given the same glory as Jesus. Lots of resistance there. Lots of resistance there. Amen. All right, let me, let me land this plane. <clears throat> we hear so many messages in our world today, in the church today, about giving our best and giving our all to God. And I'm not saying that those messages aren't important and that they're not needed, but I think what we hear too little about is Him giving His best and His all to us. Amen. He has given His best for you and He has given His all to you. <clears throat> All right, what, one more time from last Sunday night. You were created by Him. You were created for Him. It's really important. By God, for God. You were created after Him. After Him as a pattern. And you were created from Him. Spoke to the waters when He created the fish. He spoke to the, to the earth when He created the plants and the animals. But He spoke to Himself when He created you and me. Created in His image means created after Him and from Him. Again, cut from the same cloth. I got verses in my notes we didn't get to last week. We're not going to get to them this week. But here's the next thing I want to show you. We were recreated in Christ Jesus. Okay? It's important now. It's not just that we were created by Him, for Him, after Him, from Him. Now, if you're born again, we've been recreated through Him. He is now in you. And you are now in Him. Colossians 1, Genesis 1, 1 Corinthians 6, John 17. I'm not going to try to break all those verses down tonight. We're out of time. But because He is now in you and you are now in Him, that is, and I will show you next week, that is the biblical definition, that is the biblical qualification. What I'm saying here is Him in you and you in Him equals oneness with Him. Oneness with Him. Amen. We're growing in our understanding, growing in, in the truth concerning our oneness with God. This is what I believe the Holy Spirit has spoken to me, okay? That this truth is the one the devil is the most afraid of and the one that he fights 
against the hardest. And what I'll show you in the days ahead is that Jesus accredited every divine act, every miracle, every word that He spoke, every supernatural thing that He did, He attributed it to one thing, His oneness with His Father. He said, I've done what I've done because I'm in the Father and the Father is in me and me and my Father are one. Now you've got a choice. You can believe that I'm the Son of God based upon what you've seen me do, based upon those works, or you can go behind the curtain and you can understand that I did those works because of my oneness with the Father and because I'm now making you one with the Father, you can do the works that I've done and even greater works because I go to my Father. Do you see why the devil does not want the body of Christ to hear and understand this truth? This is the one. See, when your mind is renewed to your oneness with God, the devil is just as powerless to stop you as he was to stop Jesus. See, he doesn't want you to know anything about God, but the last thing in the world he wants you to know is, is God loves you, right? But he's already lost that battle, at least to some extent. We talk about all these other things. We talk about who God really is. The devil fights that. That's... That's that strong truth, and the devil never wants you to know the truth about him. And then right alongside that is the devil never wants you to know the truth about yourself. All of these things are what I call battleground truths. But the one, if you, if you had to pick one that the devil fights above all others, you say, well, it's salvation. No, he doesn't want you to get saved, but there's a lot of saved people who do not understand their oneness with God. And if the enemy has anything to do with it, they never will. That's, <laughs> oh, sweet Jesus, stand with me. Praise God. Praise God. Why am I telling you that? Put on your sandals. That's what Joshua told him, right? Get your shoes on. If we were a football team, it might be tighten your chin strap. Amen. Put me in, coach, right? I mean, it's, I'm just telling you that the devil does not want you to get this. But, but he is, I mean, bust the teeth of the wicked, oh Lord. He, he is bound in Jesus' name. Twenty years of harvest. 20 years of harvest is riding on this foundational truth. Amen. Father, thank you for what you're teaching us. And Father, thank you for the men and women in this room who are committed to increasing the truth factor in their lives. Increasing their ability, Father, to receive 
chew up, swallow, fight to defend, not allow to be stolen, not allow the enemy to, to come in and sow other things in their hearts to try to choke it out. Father, I boldly declare over this family of faith that we are growing in the truth of our oneness with you. That our minds are being renewed, our minds are being reconditioned. And Father, the confidence, the boldness, the grace and the peace, Father, that is flowing forth from our innermost being. We call it so, Father. We call it so. Father, as we go our separate ways, we look to the week ahead. We thank you, Lord, that people around us are going to see our good works as we let our light shine for you, and they're going to glorify you, Father, in heaven. Thank you in advance for divine appointments that you have established for every person in this room in the week ahead. And Father, may we go forth from this place expecting an abundance of undeserved favor in our lives this week. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Shake somebody's hand, hug somebody's neck, love somebody in Jesus. Good things coming, amen. Good things coming.